time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. So let's talk about those two B.C. by-elections here mm-hmm. we saw. And no surprise, the NDP win both of these seats. One of them is the former seat of John Horgan, the former Premier. Very popular. And the other one, Vancouver, Mount Pleasant. These are super safe NDP seats, so we knew they were going to win. The big thing to look at, though, is the also-rans here, right? Mm -hmm. The B.C. United and also this B.C. Conservative Party. Your thoughts on these by-election results here? Yeah, again, no-brainer that the NDP was going to win these two. Vancouver, Mount Pleasant is one of the two ridings they held in the wipeout of 2001. They usually win by close to 70% of the vote, and that's what happened. Um, with uh, Joan Phillips. She got something like 67, 68% of the vote. Uh, Horgan's writing has been uh, the only time the Liberals ever captured it was in 2001 during the wipeout. Yeah. But it's been a, before before uh, Horgan was Rick Casper uh, uh, used yeah. to hold it. It was yeah. called Ma- Malahat Wanda Fuca. Uh, and Horgan usually won with about 55%, but he soared to 68% in 2020. So the outcome was never really in doubt. But what's fascinating is, the, and I tell you, talking to some old hands on the B.C. Liberal, now B.C. United side, uh, the, the B.C. Conservatives is getting 20%, 19.9% in Langford, Juan de Fuca. I believe the, the B.C. Conservative Party finished second in, in both by-elections, uh, both ridings. No, not not in oh. Mount Pleasant. No, okay. um, United was uh, second there. Okay. Um, but it's still a very distant second. But but yeah. the Conservatives getting that vote in a riding that is usually, even though historically, you remember Keith Martin, the Reform MP, that was part of his turf. So yeah. it was Reform Party, you know, um, center-right um, federally for, for a long time. So there is, a, there is a, a Conservative base in that riding. But these people normally, one assumes, in the past voted B.C. Liberal. This time they're faced with a ballot for the first time has the name BC United on it. Yeah. And I think it's clear people had no idea what is BC United. Right. Again, you and I know what it is, even though we often make the mistake of calling them BC liberals. But the vast majority of the public still doesn't know what BC United is. I mean, party faithful know, the party members, they get newsletters that maybe they go to conventions, they're plugged in. But the general voting public has yet to figure out what BC United is. And that's a problem with just 16 months before the next vote. Yeah. And we talked about the. The challenge when it comes to rebranding a major brand, yeah. um, is there time enough to rebrand at a time when you've got this rearguard action from the B.C. Conservatives nipping at your heels? Yeah. So, you know, the NDP won handily in both writings, but there's some problems there for B.C. United. For sure. And this this move to a new party name, switching it from B.C. Liberals to B.C. United, it was spearheaded by Kevin Falcon, mm-hmm. the leader of the party. And let's have a listen to what he had to say. Like, why did they do this in the first place? Like, why would you change change this name from BC Liberals to BC United? And here's how he explained it. Here's Falcon. It's more about whether whether it sometimes creates genuine confusion that some in the public just genuinely think federal politics immediately. So if they see you know a BC Liberal name and they think, oh yeah, I, I don't vote Liberal, I vote Conservative, or whatever the case may be, then they mistakenly often vote for another party when they meant to actually vote for you know a private sector driven economy party like ours. Okay, so he was saying there was confusion with the federal Liberals, but I wonder if he's created even more confusion with this BC United name. There was so much confusion, they won four consecutive elections. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think the evidence is there about confusion. Now, I think there's some um, credence to the argument that perhaps after 16 years in power, the name BC Liberal perhaps had too much baggage and was broken and a new name was needed. I don't think there's confusion about BC Liberal 
holds a lot of water given their electoral success. Um, there didn't seem to be a lot of confusion for years. It's, they were able to win elections. But, yeah, I think he's got a real challenge here. And, it, you know, again, these are safe NDP ridings. You don't want to over, totally overanalyze this. But I think the fact that Conservatives got 20% took away, was kind of jaw-dropping for a lot of BC United people because uh, I don't think they saw that coming. Okay, I want to I get your take on the B, this BC Conservative Party showing here for sure. Let me add just one more, que- one more point on the BC United move to this new party name. Are you picking up any kind of second guessing in the party ranks saying mm-hmm. like this was a catastrophic error that we should not have changed the name? Well, I don't think any panic buttons are being pressed here, but I think there's always been an element in the party who have not been sold on this name change. Even though it got, it got pretty well overwhelming support amongst the party who voted for it. Um, but it's a gamble. And it's, um, you know, if, if you accept the argument the B.C. Liberal brand was broken, you need another name. But it takes time. Yeah. You know, and, and again, we're, we're 16 months out from a vote if EB sticks to the calendar. Uh, if he goes early, I don't think he will go early. Oh, could he call an early snap election well, here, you know, try and that, take that, advantage of it? One thing to keep in mind, remember, we're redrawing the electoral map, adding six more seats. Elections BC says they the, the mechanics associated with that takes some time. They can't implement those seats until at least next or the coming fall. So if there's an early election, I, th- I would think it'd be next spring. But I still think he's going to stick it out to the fall. Okay, because he talk- also wants time for the BC Conservatives to grow their brand. You yeah, know, <laughs> you know he wants give give John Rustad some oxygen here. If you're David Eby, you know he, he has to like what he saw. Oh, I actually did a, a you know. Rough count if you look at the ridings that could be in play. If, if the Conservatives were able to get, you know, 5 6% of the vote, because only those votes come from the, from the BC United side, and that would put about one, two, three, four, about a half dozen seats currently held by um, BC United, formerly the BC Liberals, um, which were close races, and you take away 5% off those, that BC Liberal total in 2020, give it to the Conservatives, that might be enough for the NDP to capture. It flips it to the NDP. Flips it to the NDP. They split, split their vote, yeah. We saw a vote split in 1996. Yep. The Reform Party was able to elect two MLAs and take enough votes away from the Liberals and all sorts of other writings to give the NDP with significantly fewer votes. I think they had 39% of the popular vote versus the Liberals 43% or whatever. Um, to give the NDP a three-seat majority. So a vote split on the right obviously greatly favors the NDP. And what we saw in Langford, Juan de Fuca, if that starts playing across the province, and Rustad says he's running the candidate in all 93 ridings, um, that's a problem for them. Yeah, for sure. And if you take a look at this B.C. Conservative Party, it's it's been around for a long time, and it's usually been basically microscopic support in the polls. But this guy, Rustad, you know, he's an MLA. He has a seat in the legislature now. He's a former liberal MLA. Okay. So he was kicked, kicked out. out. He was kicked out by Falcon because he was going offside on things like climate change and some mm-hmm. other policies. And Falcon kicked him out. And then he turned around and joined the BC Conservative Party. This guy, he's been a guest here on the show. He's smart. Okay. He's a clever politician here. And he says, like you said, he said, he's, I'm going to run, we're going to run candidates in every single riding. And I also listened to, some of the campaigning by his candidate in that Langford Juan de Fuca riding. And that guy ran, we ran a pretty good mm-hmm. campaign. He seized on some local issues like traffic congestion and stuff. And he made a, and you could see the results. He got 20% of the vote. Well, this is a big, this is a big problem for this BC United party. If this, if this conservative party gets on a, even a, a minor role. Potentially. Now we recall in 20, in 2013, John Cummins was the leader. He was on the debate. You know, he's tracking well in the polls, and there was, you know, oh, he's going to eat into the liberal vote. Well, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. 
that the conservative vote collapsed. It wasn't a factor in 2013. Christy Clark rode to victory. Um, but this is different. This is the, now you've got the NDP in power. Um, you've got Rustad, who I, I agree is going to make some moves that Cum- Cummins was sort of, I think, yesterday's man in many ways. He was an older politician uh, associated with federal politics, not provincial. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is, um, you know, he, Rustad tells me he's going to, you know, he's going to run candidates, he says, in all 93 writings. We'll see. But, you know, um, but he tells me that he thinks they'll be competitive in 12 to 15. Now, competitive to the point of winning or competitive to the point of denying the seat to BC United oh, because boy. there's a vote split. So, oh, what, what, would he be in a, okay, we're 16 months out from a, a general election in the province, right? So the next scheduled election, yeah, fall October 20, 19th, 2024. 2024, fall. Would he, now, would he be included, would Rustad, this Conservative Party leader, would be, he be included in the televised ah, leaders debate during that election? You know how many times I've been asked that question over the weekend? Mm. So the criteria we've had in the past, and this is what the TV stations control this, what we call the consortium. Um, I think we've had a three-step process. You have to apply, you have to qualify in two of these three steps. One, running candidates, I think, in 75% of the writings. So we'll see. Rustad says he's going to do that. So check that box. Representation in the in the legislature. Now he's not the conservatives are not officially recognized in the legislature, but that's why the legislature itself that's their own rules that they've set for themselves. Because it's only got one seat. It's only got one seat. The yeah. rules are you have to have two. It used to, to be two. you had to have four. Right. They changed it to accommodate the Greens when they only had three. So you have to have two seats. But that's just an artificial construct from the legislature. He can say, well, the conservatives do have a seat. In the legislature. And I think the third one is you had to track at a certain level of polling with certain polling firms over a period of time. And I don't think he's quite reached that one. But presumably he may meet two of the three. And I don't speak for the consortium, but I have input into this. And I would say right now the odds favor Rustad being in that TV debate. Oh, that would be terrible for Falcon. Right, you uh, think Falcon, thought, Falcon and the BC United Party? They'll be arguing to keep him out. I'm undoubtedly yeah. they will. <laughs> yeah, don't, well, again, let him, we're, don't we're, run him in. We're a long way from that decision, right? Uh, and again, I don't speak for the consortium, but yeah. um, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, now, one one other aspect of the this is a side issue, nothing to do with BC United. Joan Phillip won handsome, very wide margin in Vancouver, Mount Pleasant. Yes. Today, a news release comes out. Quote her husband quoted as calling for Mitzi Dean, the Minister for Children and Family Development, for her resignation. Oh, yes. So that's the first time I can't think of another instance where the spouse of a government MLA is calling for the resignation of a government cabinet. This was over Mitzi Dean's uh, handling of the 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 terrible Chilliwack The death of this uh, foster child. Okay, I've got open phone lines right now. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Doug in Surrey. Hi, Doug, go ahead. Hi, Mike and Keith. I think Kevin Falcon has discovered that he's in an alley fight and that he's being bitten from behind as well as stomped on from the front. And they can only hope that the pyramid that him and Gordon Campbell and Christy Clark built is starting to crumble. Okay, that's an interesting analogy. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, uh, the BC Liberal Party was sort of the the spawn of the Social Credit Party. So the Social Credit Party um, was basically uh, a fledgling party that W.A.C. Bennett saw as a vehicle, a means to an end. Take this wacky little party and turn it into a de facto conservative slash liberal party, which he used and ruled as a coalition for 20 years, from 52 to 72. 
Bill Bennett did the same thing. He got, he convinced the BC Liberal MLAs, three of them, to come over to social credit in yeah. in time for the 1975 election, and rebuilt the coalition. They fell from power in '91, uh, big time, and disintegrated. But they Gordon Campbell picked up the pieces uh, from Gordon Wilson, who, to his own credit, led the Liberals to some electoral success in '91. But Campbell put together again the old free enterprise coalition, yeah. Liberals and Conservatives together. It seems to me. In the last few years, the BC Liberals drifted towards the conservative side, lost its liberal um, membership, if you will. Uh, Kevin Falcon certainly comes from the conservative right, sure. no question. And I think he's pushing the party to the right. And it, it'll be interesting if they see the conservatives rising. Do they push more conservative? Ooh. And does that leave them vulnerable to liberals going over to the NDP. Oh, yeah. And not wanting to be any part of a right-wing drift of the free enterprise. And does the coalition basically be, no longer become a coalition? In fact, I think you can argue the coalition is less and less a coalition the last few years. It is becoming more of a conservative-oriented why was, party. Why was Falcon so hot to trot on this name membership? Like, he was the guy well, who was the, most... He played the clip about people being confused about... Liberal, and I think uh, there's an element in that caucus and party who really don't like the word liberal. Yeah, and they want no part of that. They think it's uh, it's it's a, a drag on their fortune. Did he also though want to kind of erase the memories of of his time in previous liberal governments when he was one of Gordon Campbell's well, cabinet I, ministers? I think he wanted to offload as much baggage associated with the yeah. BC Liberals as possible. I mean, yeah. you look at the HST debacle, just just for one. You look at money laundering. Um, you yeah. know, all the other problems associated with governing, yeah. you know, but those two in particular stand out and corporate, corporate uh, windfall. Remember those ads the NDP ran in 2017 of Christy Clark being showered with money? Yeah. <laughs> very effective, very effective ads. Yeah. Um, again, and I think, uh, Falcon wanted to disassociate the party as, as quickly as possible with that, yeah. but in so doing you create new could problems. A mistake. You could oh. create new problems. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. Uh, you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head. They had to change the name since 2001. That they, be, when they became in power and as the Liberals, they were a coalition of conservatives federally, uh, such as John Reynolds uh, and Liberals uh, Joyce Murray, who's in the Trudeau government, plus as well Diane Watts, who's the former federal conservative member who ran for the Liberal Party. This is what makes conservatives so hypocritical federally because they're. Cr- criticizing the NDP liberal agreement. It is not a coalition. There are no NDP members in the governing party in running the government. So to me, they had to change the name because the hypocrisy is hilariously stunning. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, thank you for that. Well, you raised some good, interesting points there. But like you said earlier, you know, he's making the argument, oh, they had to change the name. Did they have to change the name? I mean, these guys were in power no. for a long time under that name. No, I think, I think he, I mean, I agree. Okay, I accept the argument there was a lot of baggage. But at the same time, they were very, they had the most seats in 2017. Uh, 2020 election, I think you can argue, is a bit of an anomaly. It was, took place in a pandemic when people's heads were in a completely different sphere than they are normally. 